All right, guys, we got a big one. I think you've probably seen the title of this episode already. We got Bruce Pearl on, and uh, this is this is we're recording this after the interview, so we're very excited that Journaling's still running. Uh, you know, it's a great interview. I don't want to ruin it by getting into too many of the like actual topics of like what he said, but you know, keep an ear out for some stuff about summer basketball, international basketball, some some good stuff about how he's going to change up like ideas of the lineup we tried to stick to uh you know he, he's, he's going to be talking to a lot of radio guys and national tv guys and things talking about the 2022-2023 season but for us this is a huge deal just from a you know our entire lives as all basketball fans to have the head coach on not just have, to have the head coach on but like the best one ever you know we wore a suit in honor of uh, having the head coach on along like we did the exact same thing with Sonny Smith and now we're doing it with Bruce Pearl and if we get Steven and Wes on again we'll uh we'll wear the suits again and uh yeah we're just excited to have them on and so we tried to stick to more career-oriented questions more things over the years I mean we even get some old old school players mentioned from his early days you know so we, we tried to stick to that kind of stuff so that we can give you something unique that you're not going to get from any of these radio guys and stuff things that only Auburn fans are really going to be interested on that's you know it's just a big deal to have Bob for us we we really tried to I, honestly I think if you look at how the interview went we really just questions we always wanted to ask you know uh, there's a few that I asked that have always kind of I've been curious about whether it's about his system or um, some of his influences in coaching um, the recruiting and NIL stuff thought he gave us some good you know insight on what that's like from his perspective um you know, we, even asked, we even asked the cringe questions. We asked the questions that we ask of all of the assistants and everything, and I have to get my answers. And I think once you hear some of the questions, you'll be like, oh, he asked them that one. Well, I asked them that one, so you got to pay attention to it. Honestly, probably the best lightning round we've ever had. Nice. Yeah, we'll probably clip that out, too. You'll see it on our social media. Uh, man, it's just great to have him on. You know, we started this podcast before the season last year, knowing it was going to be a special season, and We've got to interview so many amazing people, like we mentioned Sonny Smith and Stephen Pearl and Wes Flanagan, Casey Harrell, several former players. You know, I'm probably missing some people right now. We've got to interview some interesting people like Lee Miller in the last podcast or two. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that. Uh, it's just so cool that after the this year this has happened, I think we've we've all like been so appreciative of what last year's team did and kind of like bottled this enthusiasm that we always knew was there. You know, part of the reason we did the podcast not just because we knew that team was going to be great going into the year, because we felt like this basketball program deserved more attention, deserved more soul focus. There's a lot of, uh, you know, media out there and things that cover all of Auburn, which we we love all of Auburn. Bruce always is pushing to everything school, which you see Kentucky over there battling between their head football coach and basketball coach for attention. Bruce, on the other hand, is talking about how we're in everything school. But we, we really love the basketball program specifically, and we really think that there's enough fans out there, enough people that care. And after seeing some how many people have listened to our SEC preview in the last day or two, or the season preview over the last day or two, people are still into it. People are anticipating the season like no other. And it's so great with summer basketball, and now we're coming up on another season with a talented team. This year we get to talk to Coach Burrow beforehand. It's just, uh, you know, we're going to keep this thing rolling, and we hope you enjoy the interview. Yeah, no, the only thing I would say, add before we get to the interview is just if you're new to this, if you get past this interview or, you, you know, if it gets sent to you, we're, we're just a fan podcast with two Auburn alums that 
just like talking about basketball games afterwards. And we just started recording them last year. So, you know, we, we plan to try to have an episode out the night of after every game. That's kind of the goal. It may not happen every single game. But so if you're looking for some people to just listen to and, and process the season, the season goes so fast with games every three or four days. Um, that's kind of our niche. And we, we hope you'll, you know, ride along with us. There'll be a couple other guys rotating in this year for some different perspectives and, um, and we have jobs and lives. So maybe we won't be on every single episode, but uh, it's been awesome. And, and really this interview is great timing to have before the season starts. And it also kind of, you can hear Jackson, it's kind of culminated this last year. So really appreciate people who have listened and uh, people we've met who just randomly listened to the podcast, which is just super cool. So uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're rambling. We're still on the post interview. We're just the drilling's run, but we, we hope in the future that this kind of kicks off maybe some newer people to the podcast this year. And we hope you, we make you part of, I hope this podcast is part of your morning commute, you know, after a big post game and you want to talk more and maybe your office doesn't have a bunch of Auburn fans to talk about basketball with, but we'll, you, we'll be your friends and talk about Auburn basketball with. Feel free to hit us up on Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. If any questions you have or topics you want to talk about, I hope, you know, we, we all kind of get to process the season together again this next season. So, all right, guys. War Eagle, enjoy the interview. About that time, about that time. About that time. Yeah, about that time. Welcome to the jungle. The Auburn Men's Basketball Podcast. Jabari to Kessler. Auburn Men. Talking. Auburn men's basketball. It has been a brilliant year from start to finish for Auburn. No frills, no gimmicks, just ball. Jabari Smith counts. Now, here's your host, Matt Donaldson and Jackson Garrett. All right, guys, we did it. We have checked off the bucket list. Ladies and gentlemen, we got them. Your reigning SEC champion, head coach of the Auburn men's basketball team, Bruce Pearl, is on the podcast. Welcome, Coach. Gentlemen, great to be with you today. How's everybody? Doing good. We, we broke out the suits for you. You know, we break out the suits for the head coaches, for Coach Bruce Pearl. And yeah, but we, I don't, we, don't, we don't coach in suits anymore. Oh, uh, so, we miss it. We miss right? the sweaty suits, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get, we'll get into the questions here because we know your time's limited, but uh, we had a great time watching uh, the Israel games this summer. We had a great time having basketball in the summertime with how anticipated all the fans are for this coming season. It seems to have made a, you know, a big wave in our fan base, a big wave nationally. We interviewed Lee Miller and the sports rabbi as, as, just out of excitement to hear about the organization. Uh, I think at SEC Media Days they were talking about it. How do you see the the future of these international tournaments and just summer basketball in general? Yeah, well, that's a great place to start. Uh, but again, Matt, Jack, uh, Jackson, I'm I'm very pleased to be with you guys. Um, so two things: one, the, the foreign trip's been around for a long time. Once every four years, the NCAA allows college teams to take these foreign tours, and I've done it my entire career. Um, I mean, from the time I was 22 years old as an assistant at Stanford, and went to Japan that year, which was incredible and then four years later i'm at iowa and we went to china uh before the fall of tiananmen square when it was communist china uh we went to uh seoul south korea and 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 hong kong all on the same trip i mean so and it just continued to go from there like literally every four years 
Um, the idea about going to Israel, um, you know, everybody wants to go to Israel at some point in their life. It's kind of a bucket list. Anybody goes to church or temple or reads the Bible, but they all say, but I'm going to wait for it to, I'm going to wait for it to quiet down a little bit. You know, I want to go, but I'm not going to go right now because, you know, there's a little bit of what, if you wait for it to quiet down, you're never going to go. Um, and then what you realize when you get over there, it, it's very, very safe. And it's obviously, you know, a beautiful, beautiful place. Jerusalem looks exactly like you think it's still supposed to look like in the Bible. Um, and our kids, uh, you know, we have, we're, we're here at Auburn. We have Bible study here at Auburn. We pray before our meals. Um, and, you know, our kids have some knowledge of the scripture and it was an amazing history lesson for them. And it was amazing experience in their Judeo-Christian uh, roots. And of course, me being Jewish, I'm of course trying to tie things together that we have in common um, for all the religions um, dating back to Abraham. And um, um, so anyways, fabulous trip. I do believe that August, you're going to start seeing some legislation coming out of the NCAA. Wouldn't surprise me if someday uh, we start playing a little bit of a like spring football type thing in August, where they're going to give us a week or two uh, every year to play a couple of games, whether it's even here in the United States or overseas. And I think that it would be a, a wonderful thing. Love to hear. We, we really enjoyed it this summer. Coach, as long as I've been hearing you uh, talk in press conferences, I've heard you reference Dr. Tom Davis. Um, could you give Auburn fans just a little bit of an idea of what parts of your coaching philosophy are most deeply rooted with your time spent with him? Man, that's such a great opportunity. Um, and, and, and you're right. Uh, our fans should know who Dr. Tom Davis is. They have got such a love for Auburn basketball and, and, and for the work that we've done. And we feel that love. We feel responsibility to to go to work every day to, to, to thank our fans for giving us this incredible opportunity to be their coach. Tom Davis taught me almost everything I knew about coaching, period. So he should be important. And, you know, it's you've given me a really good idea with our sports information folks to try to let my, my fans know who he is and what he did. Um, so I was in, I, I, when I went to Boston College, I walked on and got cut from the basketball team, but then became a manager and worked for four years for Tom Davis to the point where when Patrick Ewing came on as an official visit, I was hosting him. I was so involved in Boston College basketball in the early beast in the early Big East days that when I was a senior, my senior year at BC, Tom Davis took the Stanford job out in California, and I was the only staff member on the plane with him to Stanford. It was he and I sitting in first class. I'm 21 years old. I mean, he had, he had one of his assistants that was trying to get the job and another couple that were doing something else. And anyways, I tell students that story. I said, make yourself important in any organization that you're in. And um, I learned the, I, we, our system of basketball, both in how we inbound the ball, attack pressure, fast break, and the foundation of our offense, about 75% of what he taught me. Defensively, we've done things a little differently. But still, it's a 94-foot full-court pressure defense. And the last piece of advice Tom Davis gave me before I became head coach was this. He said two things. I would recommend that you teach what we what you know. Do this, Take this system and, and make it your own, but take it. Because what happens is a lot of times with coaches, you like this and you like that, and I'll do a little bit of Bill Self. I'll do a little Roy Williams. I'll do a little Coach K. I'll do, you put it all together, none of it works. And so this is a system of basketball, and that was great advice. 
The second piece of advice is you be you. Don't try to be me. Be your own personality. That way, at least it's authentic. It doesn't make it right, but it makes it real. And therefore, I don't have to try to be something that I'm not because he was Dr. Tom. He was incredibly brilliant, which I'm not. Uh, he had a great basketball mind, which I don't. Uh, he uh, was quiet at times, which I've never been. Uh, you know, And so, um, yeah, Dr. Tom Davis, uh, you know, I'd love to, I would love to bring him to Auburn someday and let our fans meet him. And that might be your question may make me, uh, make me do that this year. Awesome. And that's a great segue to my next one. Um, defensively. You know, I remember watching your early teams at Tennessee, full court press, you know, this kind of in your face, you obviously still emphasize a lot of that, but can you talk about how your defensive philosophy has changed a little bit with rule changes and the sport has changed a lot in the last 10 or 20 years. What are you doing differently now than you were when you were first cutting your teeth? Yeah, it's all about, it's all about the rule changes and it's all about adjusting to the rules. So they've got this stupid thing called a cone. It's like dirty dancing. This is my space. This is your space. You don't get into my space. And so basically they've legislated and ruled a trap out of the game of basketball. If you can't, if you can't put two bodies on one offensive body and hem him in, it's no point in even trying to double team the ball and trap it. Because if you do it aggressively and physically, it's going to be a foul by the rule. So therefore that's taken out the Nolan Richardson full court, Tom Davis, Rick Pitino, even trapping defenses. So we still guard for 94 feet, but we don't double the ball nearly as much and try to make plays out of the traps in different positions on the floor. You know, uh, Tennessee and Auburn early on, a lot of people talk about your guard heavy play, a lot of three pointers, uh, you know, a lot of fast breaks, a lot of like hard defense leading the offense. And now we've seen the last couple of years, even 2019-20 with Austin Wiley, this last year with Jafari and Walker Kessler, this more power forward center heavy kind of offense and defense play. Uh, how, how has that changed for you? And do you recruit to your system of these fast guards that are, they're playing, you know, shooting the threes? Or do you go the other way and try to get these guys to fit into your system? It's a great question also. Um, you know, look, we've gotten better frontline players because our program has been successful and let's face it, uh, uh, Austin Wiley was a legacy child. Uh, anytime you see Vicki Orr uh, or Aubrey Wiley, thank them. Because Austin Wiley coming to Auburn was what got this whole thing started. Uh, and then Jabari and Walker, you know, JT Thor, Chumo Kiki, um, you know, um, all those guys are from Atlanta. And, um, you know, uh, you know and, and, and so, you know, Stretch was from Atlanta. Dylan Carwell was from Atlanta or, you know, the, the Savannah area. So we've been blessed with some regionally, you know, uh, Jalen Williams, um, you know, from Nehunta in Georgia. So as we've gotten better, you, we've been able to recruit better players. That's all there is to it. I don't really recruit to our system. I recruit to our culture. Um, and that's would take me too long to go into that. But I think you know what I mean. What kind of kids do we bring in? What kind of teammates they want to be? How hard they're willing to work? Um and and I will find a way to adjust my system to their talents, not not I'm going to make them adjust to my system. I'm going to switch it up for Matt a little bit here. You know, you're talking about the, the culture. You've had a lot of big personalities on these teams over the year. This this year we have KD and Cardwell are some two of the biggest personalities you've ever had. 
So who would be on your, in your mind, your all personality team, your best personalities that are the most out there kind of interesting people? Well, I mean, obviously, KD, you, you know, KD and, and, and Dylan are both very passionate, very emotional. And, and, and in some ways, they, especially KD, wears it on his face. You, you know, he doesn't wear it on his sleeve. He just wears it on his face, right? And so, um, um, but so does his coach, right? <laughs> so, you know, you, 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 you definitely hit on two of the top five for sure. Anybody else that, you, uh, that comes straight to your mind? You know, one one guy I think about is Malik Dunbar. He had such a great personality, the singing. The, he he was also great. Yeah, I would say that. And, and and those guys are they're great in the locker room. They keep it light and they keep it lively. Malik would be a great one. Uh, Chris Moore right now is a, is and Stretch Babatunde in in their own ways are great locker room guys. Great great teammates. Uh, but you're right. Malik was was very very important. Um, to us because he had that, uh, again, same thing. He had that passion and, 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 and he, he could just, he, he, he could, all, all he had to do is grin at you and that it made you smile. I'll do a throwback one. Simeon Bowers. Yeah, I was, I was trying not to go there. Oh, uh, <laughs> Simeon was, uh, I played him at the, the, uh, I played him at the five and the six and people said, what do you mean you played him at the six that there are only five guys on the floor Well, he played the five, which was center. And then when I got really shorthanded at point guard for about two weeks there late in his career, I actually played him at the one, but I could not bring myself to call him a point guard or the one. So I just created the six. Oh, I love that. We, we have, we love to go back at some of these old, older players, but uh, yeah, another big thing, you know, you shoot a lot of threes at Tennessee and at Auburn, especially, you know, with Bryce Brown and Jared Harper, when you have the specialists doing that. How do you have, you know, a lot of your offenses encouraging these guys, always giving them the green light, saying, you know, I I hear several times that I'm you're always encouraging them. How about a night where people are shooting a little badly, maybe shooting you out of the game? Do you communicate to them at all? Is there like a self-awareness from the player standpoint? How do you, well, how do you kind do, of communicate that? that? That could be one of our Achilles heels this year is, is uh, uh, and with the exception really of Jabari, um, we did not shoot a great percentage last year. Um, and that's a, that's an issue. So we work really hard at it. Our offense is based on spacing and spread and, uh, taking advantage of the three point line. And, um, it's been a, it's, 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 that's been a challenge for us. So on nights when we, we don't shoot it very well, uh, we hope we don't shoot ourselves out of a game. Um, but, um, it, we better make up for it with our, you know, with our defense and, and, and some other aspects of, of our play. Is there like a certain time of the game or anything that you're saying, we need to go get those hard twos, threes aren't going down. Are you communicating that? Like, how do you keep from killing the confidence from these guys? You know, that's well, I mean, I mean, you want high percentage shots. Like we've got, you know, we've got guys inside that can score. Um, we'll probably have a stronger post-up game this year than we've had in the past. Um, and so like Hayden Fry said, when he was a great football coach at Iowa, you got to scratch where it itches, you know? So what are you good at? Let's go to what we're good at. And uh, the problem with the missing too many three balls is long shots lead to long rebounds, lead to transition. So not only is it a miss, but it's also a transition opportunity for the for the opponent. We had our preseason episode this weekend, and we spent about a third of the episode gushing about the positional versatility and the depth on this team. I've heard you talk about just that 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 should be our biggest strength this year. I say are like I'm on the team. Yes, you know no, what it I is. mean. It um, is. So. Do you think we will see a little bit more 
unique rotations, starting lineups, closing groups early in the year because of that? Or are, are you guys as a staff in a pretty good place of knowing kind of where everybody is right I, now? I don't, I don't think we know where everybody's going to be because there hasn't been much separation. Uh, that means our starters aren't good enough, but it means our backups are better than anybody else in the league. Yep. And so, you know, there'll be a lot of parity. I can tell you that your most experienced guys, your best free throw shooters will be out there at the end of games. Um, but I really couldn't tell you right now who's going to start. And I'm trying, we're trying to figure out who our roles, uh, the roles are going to be. And they're, and they're going to have to, they're going to have to, um, you, know, you know, continue to do that on a game by game basis. Good problem to have. <laughs> you, you tend to stick to your starters. We've noticed over the years, you don't, you don't like to pull people in and out too often. I don't know if that's part of like a coaching philosophy or if that's, just kind of happened as it goes if you think you'll see more starting changes this year just from an experimental standpoint man i don't know uh maybe early on uh we we may be looking more at combinations like what combinations of players are playing best together as opposed to individuals playing together so we may look at what group of guards play best together what what group of inside players play best together and try to mix and match accordingly you know, this last year was really like a magical year for us. I think for you guys too, we we knew going into this year that, that this was going to be a big one, or at least last year was. And it seems like you, you've done an amazing job of capturing and like bottling that energy, you know, the whole jungle city, Pearl city kind of thing, the the wanting to build a basketball complex and getting, uh, you know, the big boosters involved and everything. Now it seems like you've pulled back a little bit and need to maybe adjust to NIL a little bit. You know, what what is it like in this new age of recruiting that, you know, you've got these guys going to the NBA. That was a huge deal. Number three with Jabari, you know, the, the traditional kind of recruiting pitches of I can get you guys to the NBA. I can, you know, here's this great facility, you know, but it's changed so much in the last year or two. Like, is, is some of that diminished? Is how much, you know, what's this new new world? Well, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Uh, there's there's other things. You know, we used to recruit to number one, being an Auburn man and what that was all about and the university and, and, and the fact that we've got, we've graduated more players in eight years than anybody else in the league. Um, and the discipline it takes to be successful academically, come in and train. Uh, you can come here and win championships and go to the pros. Uh, those things are all huge be benchmarks. What's the culture of our locker room? Um, those things all matter, but now you must add in the, the, and I, the oh, every game sold out in the greatest environment in college basketball. Now you add in the NIL piece, and it's got to be a part of the equation. Um, you add in the transfer portal and, and that's part of the equation. So, uh, it's kind of like rule changes. You gotta, you gotta adjust to it. All my rosters have been pre NIL built. And now this is going to move forward to a post NIL looking roster and for the future. And, and we're prepared, um, and our fan base and, um, you know, the, the market I think is, is really good to be able to support our student athletes, um, and on to victory is as our collective at NIL. And I think they're in, in, in a really, really good place right now. Uh, you know, one interesting thing after this big season was that you seem to have Ray that we need a basketball complex. So that was like one of your go-to like, all right, now that I had this enthusiasm and motivation from the crowd, this is what I'm going to ask for. This basketball facility is something we need. Is there anything else out there? Like, you know, money's not an option. Uh, the, everyone's a hundred out of a hundred excited. Are there things out there that if we go another year as amazing as last year, you're right. It, this might be a good idea to have. Well, we got to get NIL right at the university for sure. Um, and, and we're in everything school. And so I think it's important that, that we are across the board, putting each sport, each uh, school um, uh, in position to be nationally competitive. 
in everything that we do. And so, you know, uh, you know, part of the basketball facility really has a lot to do with volleyball, uh, women's basketball, gymnastics, and men's basketball. So right now in Neville Arena, and it's always a great time to thank Bill and Connie Neville for their incredible generosity and the desire to put their family's name on our building. Um, you know, volleyball, uh, women's basketball, men's basketball share two courts on a regular basis. Um, there's only an intercollegiate athletic practice window between, you know, 2.30 and, say, 5.30. Um, it's, it's hard to get three teams on two courts in that window. So some teams have got to practice in the evening or in the morning. Um, you know, I can only get the main floor maybe 33% of the time because volleyball is playing. Women get it half the time. I get it half the time. Uh, it's a it's it's a real facility challenge. So having another uh, court or having another basketball practice facility um, would really help all the sports. Women's basketball would now have their own complex. Volleyball would would not have to share a court with anybody, or you know, and then we'd have our own as well. Um, staffs have grown, um, and I've got you know I have half of my staff that doesn't have an office space. They don't have a desk, they don't have a chair. They're down there in the locker room or down there in, a, in, 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 they just, they, you know, they're in a chair out in the lobby. <laughs> so we're tight on space. Um, and that would be the, that would be the next thing uh, would be to have a basketball practice facility. Well, coach, you've checked off so many items off of like Jackson and I are lifelong Auburn fans. So We've checked a lot of stuff off our college basketball bucket list in the last eight years, and I think that's awesome. You and your staff deserve a lot of credit for that. Um, besides winning a national title, you, you've signed this, you know, extension contract, which everybody's really excited about. What are the things on the horizon that that you and your staff are, are thinking about? Is it just the consistency of being in the top of the league? It, what what is it that drives you guys? And what, are there any other goals out there that you're looking at? Man, I, I, you know, I, our goals are, are the same um, in the sense that, look, if you're good enough to win our league, you're good enough to win a national championship. And that's the, that's the position we want to be in. We want to be good enough to win our league. And it's easier to get it going than it is to keep it going. And so the thing I'm proud of the most is, you know, in the last five years of Auburn basketball, we've got three firsts, a second, and COVID. And so um, that's pretty good. Three ones, a two, and COVID. Um, now, can we keep that going? Uh, to me, that's what making history is all about, and um, and 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 so that's what our that's what our goals are. Um, you know, keep keep doing things in the community, keep serving the community to whom much is given, much is expected. Um, keep graduating our kids. Um, you know, just just keep doing the things that God might bless every day. And if we get blessing, great. If we don't get any blessing, let's just keep doing them anyways because it's the right thing to do. That's awesome. I love that perspective. So last question for me, and then Jackson's got a few uh, lightning round ones as we always wrap up. You've been at Auburn. It's hard to believe this is year nine. Um, growing up as Auburn people in Auburn families, it's always really hard to explain what that is to friends and other people who are outside of it. You're kind of in the family now, obviously. You've been in it a long time. You've seen some of the ups and downs and all that goes around with it. How do you explain that? If you have a coaching friend from the West Coast or the Northeast, and they ask, you seem really happy at Auburn, you know, what is it? How do you explain that to somebody? I think you'd ask them to first read the Auburn creed because it still, it still exists. And then, and then that's the way people try to live. Um, I think that we live in a community here in Auburn, Alabama, that almost everybody really likes it. 
They like it here. Their families like it here. The schools are good. It's a safe place. It's a Christian community that is very religiously tolerant. It's diverse. Um, people are happy here, generally speaking. It's a great community. Um, and so therefore, you know, uh, it takes a village. You know, you want to, you know, you want to be surrounded by really good people. Iron sharpens iron. And so you 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 are a product of your environment in very wet. And, and, and this is a great environment. Um it starts with our students and our faculty and our leadership. And um, I wish there were more places in this country that love their God, love their country, love their neighbor, um, and is grateful for the opportunities. We've got issues. We've got challenges. But we still live, as, we live in the greatest country in the world. And we celebrate that. And we take advantage of that every single day at Auburn. So therefore, people can come into this environment and feel it themselves. It's hard in recruiting in a period of 48 hours. To this place is different. It's different. And it's hard to explain. You just, it, but it's, but it's easy to live. All right, Coach, are you ready for the lightning round? You locked in. You ready to go? I'm a tough lightning round guy because I'm really, I'm really bad on short words, short answers. So, but let's go ahead. All right. Uh, we already know the answer, I'm sure here, but I've asked this to every one of your assistants and former players, current players. Heat check timeouts, pro or against? Like when somebody's getting it going, do I want to call heat, heat check timeout? Yeah. How do you feel about heat check timeout? Yeah, I think it's good. I think I think you got to slow it down, throw the rhythm off. Yes, I'm in favor of heat check timeout. All right. Who's the team you most want to get a home and home series with from out of conference? Probably Duke. Duke. All right. All right. If you had the chance to only sweep one of these teams, who do you want to sweep the most? Tennessee or Alabama? Both. Both. Okay. All right. All right. The Olympics come calling. They say you can add the head coach of either one of these. They're going to be going to the Olympics. Israel or USA? Oh, USA all day, every day. All right. Uh, more stressful, coaching Stephen Pearl or watching Stephen Pearl coach? Watching him coach. Yeah, the the, the one game that I was uh, took my suspension. That was that was <laughs> that was stressful. You know, because it's my son out there. And so, but he did amazing. I mean, he, he did, he did better than I could do. Well, we've, we've had him on previously along with Wes Flanagan. They come on again, even though it was one game, but we were in the suits. So they, they get, they get the suit treatment, but that's the lighting round coach. We really appreciate you coming on. It's been great. Uh, this has been a bucket list for us. It's been an amazing run for us. Honestly, it's been a, uh, a huge uplift for our own lives in general that we get to watch this team play and be successful at Auburn basketball especially last year when things were tough with COVID and different things man that that was great so thank you for being at Auburn thank you for coming on the podcast well Matt Jackson thanks for having me and hope you feel the same way after this year <laughs> War Eagle coach War Eagle, War Eagle. thank you